Hey, and welcome to another edition of the Rugby Report Card. Um, hopefully, within the next little bit, we will have all three of us um, on today. Oh, here we go. Here is Jim. But at the moment, um, we have Blake. How are you, mate? How are you feeling today? I saw the tweets last night. It must have been um, a hard watch, but you seem to be get a... It was a bit cathartic with the old fingers last night. Uh, mate, I had a few... We watched at the pub, actually. Um, first time been out since the little one was born. So I'd had a quite quite a few beverages. So I, I apologize for anything that was tweeted last night. I, I didn't mean it, Richard. Yeah, you did. You did, but you want to backtrack now. Um, also joining us just now is Jim, mate. How are you? Felt like I haven't uh, heard from you. Uh, how was your holiday, mate? Hopefully the rugby didn't depress you too much. Uh, oh, Jim, Obviously depressed him a lot at this moment in time. Standard Jimmy's back. <laughs> but he's not really back. No. Yeah, lost the mic, lost the internet connection. What's yeah. going on? Hang on, guys. I'm just going to connect again. We've yeah. heard it all before. Log off. Really? Every group's got a weak link. The rugby yeah. championship, we got the Wallabies. We got Jim. That's a bit harsh comparing James to the Wallabies. Come on, you've got to be nicer than that, man. We haven't seen him for a while. Um, I'm sure he'll be on in a moment. Whilst we're waiting for Jim, I might just um, have a a quick rant, if I will, Richard. It's unlikely, isn't it? No, I did, because I'd actually had a, a little bit to, to drink, Richard, last night, um, I, I can't say I watched it that analytically. Um, so I wouldn't really be able to give you, you know, a normal detailed statistical analytical overview of the rugby player by player. Um, I oh, saw man, more... sorry. I need to interrupt the rant, the, the embryonic stages of the rant. But Jim, how are you, mate? Yeah, I'm good. How are you? Jim's here. Jim's here. How are you, mate? Good. Am I echoing? I'm getting some echo here. A little, echoing a little bit. Better than nothing at all. So we're happy to see you, mate. Yeah, keep going with that ramp, then I guess. And then you can jump in. No, so I was going to say, I just didn't watch it that closely. So I was sort of watching it uh, as an overview, uh, as a spectacle. Um, and it's uh, it's pretty fucking grim. A pretty fucking grim. But, but I woke up today sober, um, you know, emotionally and literally. Um, and my sort of sober analysis, I think you've known this for a while, Richard. Um, I've certainly been in denial and Jim probably has too just kind of felt like the next big superstar. Just everyone needed to be fit. We needed a bit of luck. Things needed to click and we were world-class. Uh, and I think the reality is um, in world rugby, one to 10 is closer than it's ever been before. Everyone's improved a lot in the last decade, except, um, and we're just shit now. Like we're just. Nah, it's worse than that. We're, we're Wales, we're Scotland, nah, we're nah, 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 Fiji, nah. we're Tonga. Yeah, it's more like uh, it. We're Argentina. Like no, no, no. By then. Th th that's our World Cup. Like, we're, we're very much outside of the top five um, by, by miles. Uh, and it's not refing decisions. It's not injuries. It's not discipline. It's not tactics. It's not the coach. Um, we will, we, we're not even close. Uh, and I think the way rugby is so subjective and the way it can be refed and adjudicated on any given, you know, once a season, we might give one of those top fives a run for their money. 
Um, and I've got a hunch next week, New Zealand will rest half their team, see us as the easy beats. And, you know, maybe we show up in Melbourne. But for us to be consistently competitive slash winning against those top five, nah, mate, it's never going to happen. And I just need to reframe the way I see it as a fan, appreciate us as underdogs um, who, you know, winning one game in a rugby championship's a cracking season because we won't do that this year. We're just shit. And I think it, it, we, we just grew up when Australia was great at rugby and, and we're heap shit now. Um, and even when, you know, we're arguing about oh, who should be six, who should be eight, what should the makeup of the row be? Mate, we're picking between shit. Um, that we're not competitive. It, it doesn't matter what combination you put together. We're not going to be competitive. Um, and like I said, the odd week we will be because there's individual talent there and, and you know, decisions can go your way. We just suck, mate. And I, I've... I'm resigned to that fact now, and I'll be a fan that now cheers us on, um, hoping for, you know, one or two wins a season because we suck, mate. We're not winning anything. That's my sober analysis of it. We're proper shit. Jim? I reckon yesterday, not not thinking about the Bocky test, I reckon it was a bit of a, a tactical error. Um, I reckon we, we could have beaten Argentina. I reckon that's a game we should have won to be honest, at day's end. And it was more just the fucking inability to sort of play beyond the three, four phase rugby that sort of shot us in the foot. I just reckon it was very, very one dimensional. Nothing was pre-thought. A lot of probably a bit too heavy on the kicking game. Um, but look, Ikatao going off fucked absolutely everything. There's no two ways about that. Just come out. He's uh, It's a broken scapula out for eight weeks. Six to eight, yeah. He'll be back on the team. He'll be back, man. Uh, but look, there's look. I don't have too much more to add other than we fucking are horrific, mate. We don't really have anything. It doesn't look like anyone's playing for anything in a World Cup year. I'll agree with you there, Jim. We could have won last night. Um, and you know, had Ikatia stayed on the field, and we didn't have to play two two tens. Eddie Jones, you idiot, with a six two split, horrific, backfired. Um, you know, a couple of decisions go our way. A bit more fight at the end. We we could have won that game. But scraping to a victory against Argentina at home. And mate, when you look at the tries and intercept one, maybe I am being a bit too generous. I'm sort of still in the processing phase here. This is Sunday morning. I haven't really come to terms. Yeah, yeah, mine is, you know, you actually avoided all media. Competitive against Argentina at home. Hot dog. It's great. Like it's no disrespect to Argentina. Uh, you know, Czech is building something there. They've got better. They're decent. They're an okay rugby team. They're not winning the World Cup, though, are they? No. Nah. You know, you, you've got to put 20 points on them if you're going to be a serious contender to beat the All Blacks, to beat the Springboks, to beat England, to beat Ireland, to beat France. If uh, I had to put it down, man, I reckon our breakdown is horrific. Our breakdown is some of the worst it's ever been. Just ball retention, genuine jackals coming in controlling the the momentum and pace of the game in which it's played it's just not even within a shot yeah no, no argument there richard what's your what's your big take we can get into the the nitty-gritty of the tactics but just shit mate yeah i think um you gotta be careful with the word shit i don't, I don't <laughs> think that... <laughs> it's too late for any of that <laughs> <laughs> that would have been heavy five years ago you what sorry that would have been handy five years ago. Yeah. Look, I think um, 
you're not shit. You're not in the realms of Tonga, Samoa, Fiji, etc. Um, that you've that you've mentioned. You're just like England at the moment. You're you're an average rugby team, and you're right. You need a lot of things to go well uh, to beat the the real upper echelon. Um, the teams that you've mentioned: the France, Ireland, Australia, uh, South Africa, and and New Zealand. However, against teams like Argentina, particularly yesterday when they were missing quite a few of their top 14 players who played in the playoffs. So it wasn't even their full strength team, I don't think. I think it was it was just disappointing. And to Jim's point, there was a number of things that that worried me if I was a true Australian fan. Um, one, it body height position at breakdown, um, which is really poor. It's inability to get under and to move the guy out of the way, um, either both to try and protect the ball when you're in an attacking situation um, or to try and get over the ball. They're, they're way too high. And, and unfortunately, the game of rugby is so predicated on how well you marshal, how well you, you compete at the breakdown. And the Wallabies don't do that very well at all. Okay, And a lot of you will talk about size and stuff, but it's not. Part, that is part of it, but it's just technique. There's a lot of players who are who show poor technique. They can get away with it at Super Rugby being in an upright position. We can't, mate. We don't win Super Rugby. Yeah, no. But it's also decision-making, when to, when not to. Yeah, and I was just about to come on to that. And that's defensive systems as well. It's decision-making or smarts on the pitch. Sometimes uh, one goes in and they fan out way too much and they leave it to. And then other times they try to really throw lots in there and leave gaps out. It really is rugby smarts decision-making. And I, I look, as a bag average to poor rugby coach, I always found it really hard to coach attack but I find it easier to coach defense and breakdown work. And it just seems like for the Wallabies, that's that's an area where you can make huge gains over the next few weeks. And I know, look, the only reason why I'm talking about the World Cup is because it is coming up. It's four games away. At least that's something you can work on. You know, the fact is you can work in your defensive systems and you can work out getting over the ball and tackle height and stuff. Um, but in terms of decision-making in attack, it's also really poor. But you don't be devil's advocate to that, though, Richard. So you guys come on here, and last week we said we sucked at the collision and yeah. we sucked at the set-piece. This week you've said we sucked at breakdown, we suck at decision-making attack. I said, we sucked at, I said you sucked at breakdown last week as well. We definitely sucked at breakdown last week. Sure. But my, my, what my point is, is, you know, pretty much covers it. <laughs> pretty much every facet of the game. Um, and, and this week's set piece is good. I, like, I agree with Eddie's and, uh, metaphor. You fix one thing and we suck somewhere else. Mm. You fix that, we suck somewhere else. Like, we are so far off. Putting is that what he said last night, was it? He, he said he's, we're like a Datsun. You fix the windscreen wipers and the brakes go. Fuck, that's gold. That's <laughs> It's true, mate. He's not wrong. But the problem is, you know, two weeks of Wallabies playing, we've covered everything. Uh, and now reality is new coach, new team, you know, fairly tough assignments, South Africa and Argentina. No one expects us to be perfect. But what, what do you want us to cheer for then? We've won two games in Sydney in a decade. We will not win a single game this year leading up to the World Cup. We are not winning the World Cup. There is no version of game awareness or breakdown that is helping us win the World Cup. It's not going to happen. I guess my <laughs> my shit expression that I use is, yeah, we're not terrible. We probably could have beat Argentina. On our day, we maybe could beat England. Um, but are we... A serious threat? Are we ever going to get all those parts of the game together? We are so we're three years off, mate. We're it's never going to happen at the trajectory that we're on. 
a consistent coach, consistent squad, consistent selections, a, a proper setup to so super rugby. For all of those things to fix, it, it's forever away. And by the time we fix them, the game's probably evolved. That's right. It's that's just um, what Wales' model was: a long-term coach, investment yeah. into returning players for what to be okay. I think yeah, that's what my shit expression comes from. Like, I'm not deluded. I don't think we're terrible, but mate, what do you what do you want fans to do? Like, I'm wearing the jersey right now. I went out and bought it. Bought my son one. We're it's going down. I don't know if you picked up. It's dropped forty bucks. We're not gonna we're not gonna win a single game this year. Leading to the World Cup, we'll knock off Portugal. BG, maybe. How good. Does this feed into your narrative that you said before about continuity, cohesion, about the, the removal of the super rugby teams or whatever? And let me finish before you counter it. You look at Ireland, for example, it's easier to put control uh, controls in place because there's a, the axis and combinations are, are more likely to be in place because, you know, Monster and Connor and Leinster, et cetera. Uh, where there's with the five nation, with the five obviously super rugby teams, you're picking players from various franchises and because of the lack of the, the there's a dearth of, of wallaby games and you want to win everyone um and there's constant you know instead of pick and stick you're constantly changing you know is, is that is that something that we need to go back to that centralized system that you want combinations at certain franchises so you want to have your nine and ten playing for the reds or you want to have your centers so at least they're, they're getting used to playing with each other is that something so even if you don't cut a team you'd like to see movement around to try and build it because the wallabies is the product no yes spot on mate Could, couldn't agree more but i like in terms of is this the podcast for that no it's not Nah, I'm sure there's smarter blokes that know, you know, what a third tier comp needs to look like, how super rugby needs to be restructured, how we need to have more minutes, blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean? Like we do who played well, fantasy selections, hyperbole about who's carving and who's playing shit. Um, But yeah, I think you've hit the nail on the head. I reckon it's all of that stuff to fix it. Um, can we fix it this season? No, I don't think we can. Can we get a sugar hit somewhere and win one or two games? Should yep. have been yesterday. Should have been yesterday. Should have been the game in Sydney. Um, but I don't know. I'm just a bit de- just a bit demoralised. It's not going to change anything. I'm, I'll still be watching, still be supporting the boys, but I've sort of I've dropped my delusion um, a little bit, you know. I think my only delusion left is like, the next crop coming through. I still got a little bit of hope that Bell, Tupo, Pattaya, Zoli, Jorgensen, um, Carter Gordon, Tate McDermott, they might, they might be superstars. That's all I'm clinging to now, boys. Wasn't that your chat? B Leonard 2016, wasn't that your chat as well? Exactly. Exactly. It's just a deluded Wallaby fan, mate. It's like and I'm coming to the realization that I think that's all it is now. It's just the deluded Wallaby fan hanging on. But, mate, I'm hoping that, that there is talent there, but they need to be fostered with, you know, a fucking a pack that isn't useless. Um, and I, I, don't, I just don't know if it's there. Do you want to, um, which, because this is what people listen to us for, both of you. Do you want to, Jim, do you want to go on the rant first at individual players and how they disappointed, Jim? Or would you like to focus on some of the positives? Which way do you want to go first, Jim? I just, where to from here? What would you do? This was your team. What would you? That's what I'm actually interested in. Look, I think uh, from the 15 that you've got right now, some players that are available. Um, if Angus Bell is fit, 
he plays. Okay. Um, obviously, Parecki, I know, obviously, he tweeted last night. He's the best hooker that Australia have at the moment. He's set piece as the primary role in terms of what a hooker's there for. Yeah, he made a mistake, but, you know, just he's a hooker. His lateral movement is poor, but he he, he did all right. Can, can I wind back on that tweet? I think a breaking missed tackle led to a try, and it simply it's not good enough for international rugby. But let's be honest, he, he won every scrum, hit every line out, 68th minute. The only reason he was on the field is because Eddie's got no faith in Jordan useless on the bench. Correct. Correct. He should have been off 10 minutes ago, and it wouldn't have never happened. Yeah. Uh, but he's forced to play 70 because there's no one else. Yeah. Um, but what I would say about Barecki, and I think he had a great game, I really do, but what I would say about Barecki is he's almost a perfect case study of Australian rugby. He is, yeah, he's good. He's good. What, sixth best hooker in the world? Seventh best hooker in the world? Like he's not even close to the other nations. Tenth, hmm. twelfth best hooker in the world, but I agree he's probably our best. And then the wider case study is how many hookers we tried since 2016, since this podcast started? Probably, but that's probably part of the problem, though. Exactly. So, yeah, you've got to stick with Brecky, but, you know, he's not winning your World Cup. He's the size of a halfback. But he played well. He played very, very well. No issue with Brecky. But, you know, I just think he's a good sample size. Yeah, just to go back to your point there, Jim, I think this this 15 is pretty much where where, where the Wallabies are actually at. Uh, McWright didn't play great. I put Hooper back in there. Um, and probably if I know obviously Ikata's not not fit, but pretty much the rest of the team, and I know you'd have a shit on Tom Wright. I've talked about getting Kellaway in um in at 15. And I think you need to kind of stick with minus those couple of changes, Bell, Kellaway, and Hooper. Pretty much got to stick with that team. Because if it, you otherwise you if you keep chopping and changing, then I think you that leads to even more problems. So moving forward, I think that's what you have to do and try to get into a system. Because I still don't know what Eddie Jones is trying to do, um, because they didn't box kick and chase as much as they as I thought they were going to do. Uh, they looked very attacking with the ball in hand and actually quite dynamic at times, but they didn't have enough of the pill because they just knocked it on or they just didn't execute or compete. But I think moving forward, I think that's what you need to do: find a, a common um, game plan that you're going to follow and stick with the team minus the two changes, the three changes that I've just mentioned. I, I, yeah, it's fair. I agree with Richard. It is pick and stick city now. Um, you've got a few tough calls to make. Um, I, I like, I'd like to see Bell move in there as, as, as soon as possible. Um, Tupo looks so underdone in Australia, A. Eh? He needs um, to come off the bench for a while at Test Match Footy. For a long while. He needs some club rugby, I think, under his belt. Um, and can I just say, Ala Ala Toa, he actually scrummaged well. Dave Matt played well. Played, yeah, played. he played well last week too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not so well against South Africa. But no, he didn't. But this week he did well. Um, but I thought he, I thought he was pretty good this week. Yeah, it's fine. I think it is pick and stick. I mean, the only real gutsy decision, and it won't be made. We know it's going to be Nick White and Wade Cooper. So I do have an issue with Nick White, and I'm going to explain this in context. I think he's the best halfback in Australia. I think he's got an incredible skill set. Um, and I think he, you know, probably is, you know, right up there, top three, four halfbacks in the world. He's he's one of our best players. But I think the way Nick White plays doesn't suit Wade. Mm, I agree with that. Nick White plays almost like a, a, a South African or, or European halfback. Everything's off him. So it's slow ruck ball, loves to kick, do all the kicking out of nine. 
do all the playing out of nine. Like he's running the show. And I, and I just, I've always thought with the rugby team, you've got to decide, do you run your team out of nine or do you run your team out of 10? And if you're running your team out of nine with Nick Wyatt, that's when you can have a Noah at 10. Someone who's safe, kicks, makes their tackles. But if you've got Quade Cooper at 10 or Carter Gordon at 10, you just need a nine to pass them the ball. Um, and pick their one moment a game. And I, and I just think they're stifling each other. Um, and I don't think Nick White is complimenting Quaid. And I would suspect it would be similar with Carter Gordon. Um, look, I don't think you change anything now. It is what it is. But I, but I actually think uh, that that 9-10 decision-making access is a schmozzle. And I think that idea of playing out of nine works when you've got a dominant pack. I think Australia don't have a dominant pack. So our best hope is getting our athletic backs one-on-one. Um, and I think Nick White stifles that, but I don't think anything realistically changes. But for me, I, I'm, I find that a problem. Mm. I think um, Tate McDermott, for me, and look, and you quite well disagree with me, I just think still his kicking game and even his passing, Tate McDermott, his strength is sniping, um, looking around the fringes. Um, I just think there's a bit of a totally different style and a bit of a chasm between White and, and McDermott. But um, Yeah, and if it was longer to the World Cup, I'd say, well, let's get McDermott minutes or let's get Lonigan minutes or let's get Lilia, uh, Isaac Leawasa Fine's minutes. He was sensational for Australia, but it's clearly too late now, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Well, Lonigan's the bridge between the two. He's just not the form of the three. But man, take McDermott's in sort of that those Curtly Beale years where he was exceptional off the bench, noticeably. Tate's sort of in that role, which sort of picks itself. And mate, the whole team is based around Nick White kicking. This is what they've practiced for six weeks. Clearly, to change mm. that now is going to be a fucking fuckery. I, I agree, but I think that style does not suit Samu Karevi, Mariku Korobetti. Like we have Ikitao when he's fit, Parise when he's on the park. What we have is outside backs that are in the conversation of, you know, they would make other international sides. But that that play out of nine style, I don't think complements where we're actually strong. Um, mm-hmm. It feels like Eddie's bought the correct blueprint for rugby, but not the correct blueprint for our rugby players. Um, or something like that. I don't know. That's just that's my that's my Nick White thoughts in terms of what do you change. I don't think you you change it now. I think we just you know lose in a spirited performance to New Zealand B, um, go over to Europe, lose to France in a spirited performance to France C, go to the World Cup and make the quarters. Definitely won't be France. Definitely won't be France C. That's their last game before the World Cup. Yeah, but they'll probably be rested a few. It'll be France B, whoever it is they're beating us, so aren't they? Yeah. Um, and then and then go to the World Cup and you know get knocked out in the quarters and maybe on a good day get knocked out in the semis and that's our season. Send them home, you know, rebuild. And then go put a few of the old blokes out to pasture and start again. But it's interesting. You go back to it's the next lot. Maybe that's the best thing that could happen is if you lose, if you go out in the quarterfinals. Before you say that's crazy, because if you go home, if you go out in the quarterfinals, everyone will pile on and say that it's it's not good enough. Things need to change. 
And then with Eddie Jones still being there, in inverted commas, the Messiah, if he still thought of like that, then you can bring in, you know, your, your Bells, your Carter Gordons, and you get rid of all the old and you start afresh. And if you have a losing first season and you only, you know, win 40% of your games, well, it's not much difference to normal, but actually you're getting the younger the next generation building through. And as long as you pick and stick, and it's not learning your craft in the game, it's because they've learned over the last little bit, it's about having trust. And maybe that's maybe that's the best thing that, that, that potentially would happen. Because if you get to a semi-final, then maybe those other players hold on a little bit longer. I don't know. Yeah, look, quite possibly. But my big realisation today is that's all good. That, you know, best case scenario, we get to fifth in the world. Which is not what we used to be, and, and I've, I've come to that realisation. It's been like that for a while, mate. No, I know, I know, but I've, I've lied to myself, mate. Yeah. Um, just to know, just to, I'd love to know your opinion. I, I, with, with the 6-2 bench, and I know a number of countries are going with the 6-2 six, six, bench at the moment, you know, with the packs and, you know, obviously the bomb squad and everything that, that's been coming. Um, you know, I messaged, I think, both of you and just said, look, the Carter Gordon, yeah, he's the future. Love the fact he's so dynamic. Looks a threat when he comes on the pitch. But if um, if Eddie wants to continue with a 6-2 bench, um, he can't have Carter Gordon on the bench. So do you think moving forward, if it comes to a 5-3, so he keeps Carter Gordon on the bench, or does he go keep with a 6-2 and have Reese Hodge to cover a greater amount of positions? Now, Reese Hodge might play 13 next week because obviously uh, Ikatao is is obviously injured and we hope him a speedy recovery. Um, but, you know, what do you expect? If Reese Hodge plays 13 next week, we're losing by even more to New Zealand. What do you reckon, Jim? What, what do you think? Keep 6-2, go 5-3? Or who do you reckon will play 13? Karevi. Yeah. Do you reckon a double 10-12 axis? No, I don't think that really worked. I'm expecting Reese Hodge to play 12. Crazy. It'll be pre-sale, so he's like for like. You Long know. term? Yeah, for the next eight weeks. Oh, so he's coming in next weekend and then stick and, stick and hold? Yeah, until until he can tell us fit. I mean, the only other prospect's Pattaya, but his hand still looks to be bandaged whenever I see footage. I think you just got to go for a like for like with Ikatel. Yeah. You can't bring in a kicker or a ball player. It'll unsettle the whole back line again. I don't disagree with that, like for like, but go back to our uh, question there. Do you reckon he'll stick with the 6 2 bench or go to a 5 3 bench? He's got an answer for that bench. Like, it's terrific. It's so dumb. Mm. It, like, you have to, I think Rennie did it once last year as well. It's two test matches we lost because stupidity. Like, I just, you, he has to answer for that. It's absurd. And Paul Kemeny, good footy player, decent flanker. It's no business being in Robbie Jersey, let alone training at wing and fullback. What are you talking about, Eddie? And then even if you, you'd, he didn't even pick him. He made Carter Gordon do the Nico Hines job. Madness. Carter Gordon played with so much heart out there in the centres, but he should have never been in the centres. Had it not happened, we win that game. It's fucking madness. He definitely can't stay with 6-2. He won't stay with 6-2. But the fact that everyone's too scared to call him on his bullshit, that it lost us a test match, is, is also madness. It's fucking crazy. It's absolutely, absolutely nuts that there was a bloke on the bench to cover 6, 7, 8, 11, 14, 15. It's, but fucking crazy. 
to use um to use Blake's terminology of drinking the Kool-Aid, Jim, you were clearly drinking the Kool-Aid when when Eddie was appointed. How long has he got before you spit out the Kool-Aid and you think, what the fuck's going on here, guys? Like, seriously, we've got average players and it's all Eddie's fault. That he's just he's England were were correct. He has no idea what he's doing and what the hell needs to happen here. Like, how long has he got before the knives start getting drawn and 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 pointed in his direction? Probably six months. Yeah. And I reckon he knows that too. Look, if Rennie stayed on at coach, would they have won yesterday? Probably. You know, would they have got beaten in South Africa? I reckon they would have too. I reckon it's fucking apples and oranges, mate. We're just not a very good team. Yes. Well, you sitting down there, there. Again, he's confused things a bit. Might be for the greater good in a year's time, but at the moment, it's made things a bit worse. But we're just shit. <sighs> what a depressing podcast! <laughs> what do you want, Richard? We lost the <laughs> last year. You know what? It was. It was before there was the passion and the rant, and it was. Fun. It was kind. Of, it was entertaining because you were so imploring of the wallabies and you were so like you thought this was an aberration whereas no you just you just defeated both of you it's just but once we change our mentality to we are shit maybe a spirited performance is all we need it's a long way from happening though i know it's hard because we grew up when we were really good <laughs> um so it's it's gonna it's gonna be hard to get there but um, it's just to me it's the um what gets me the most is just the across the two weeks the territory and possession like we're not even in the fight mate i watched 60 minutes of argentina in our 22 it felt like and then our defensive line just being so slow and so disorganized that the penalty of course the penalty is the option this is what kills me the penalty of course you've got to lie on the ball and slow that shit down and then they come out in the press conference and talk about how their discipline is so bad it's not that it's so bad because your fucking defensive line's too slow because you've just been pumped. And when you're under pressure, you absolutely give away penalties. It's a natural cause and effect. It's just a cliche. It's just what you say at the end of the um, Look, and if we just quickly run through individual players, because that's always fun, <coughs> kind of tricky because, you know, a few guys were really good. A few guys were really shit, right? But whatever. We're just shit. We're just <coughs> yeah, we shit. Um, the lack of standards annoys me. Like, I just think Wright drops that ball. We can't play next week. But we were winning. There's four minutes to go. He's dropped a grubber inside your own 22. You can't like, play. he's well and truly proved the point that we made four weeks ago. Yep. Yeah. Has he not? Yeah. It's yeah. completely played out exactly as we, we said it would. Yep. And, you know, yeah, maybe you don't want players under that sort of pressure and you don't want, you know, they feel like they can't make a mistake. Yeah, maybe sometimes you do. Yeah, the guy needs to be dropped, mate. Dicarlo's crazy. Just yeah, like yeah, it sucks. He didn't mean to drop it. Of course not. Crazy through that other dumb pass. Like, there's two or three errors yeah. per game in an international game. Cost you ten points. If if you drop if you drop the ball once, even if you drop the ball twice, you put your hold your hands up, saying yeah, it's okay. But you just you need to improve. It's not just that. Drop the ball, poor decision making, questionable in tackling, uh, questionable in his when he receives the ball and runs it back, questionable decision making. Um, there's just too many question marks around him. Yeah, and I, I remember this Richie McCallstra. I can't remember who the hooker was, uh, but it was his first ever throw for New Zealand. He came on. McCall called it to himself. 
Hooker threw it. Um, that New Zealand got turned over. The throw was short. Next stoppage, McCaw ran over to the hooker and said, sorry, bro, I didn't get up in time. It was my bad. Hooker went on, had a blinder, um, said it filled him with confidence. At the end of the game, Richie pulled him aside and said, hey, I just wanted to let you know I was perfect. It was your throw. You need to work on that. But lied to him in the moment to keep his confidence up. And then at the end of the game, let him know, hey, we got standards here at the All Blacks. Your throw wasn't up to it. Like, I just love that leadership, and it just doesn't feel like there is that at the Wallaby. Like, is there, are you getting a tap for every time your pass is short or not on target or not in front of the player? Like, is there that, there just doesn't seem to be that level of detail or care? Well, maybe there is, but there, um, from an outsider's perspective looking in, there isn't a, a natural leader um, within, that, within that 15. If you look at it, to your point, which is exactly correct, there is no one who who wants to get up and about it. They're they're just like they're all just seem mates and they're all on the same level. There doesn't seem to be that one person. I know Snooker was a captain yesterday, but there doesn't seem to be that one person who's played the last 50 games and is one step ahead, bollocking everybody to make sure that they're doing the right thing. It just Yeah, seems- you almost feel like you want to do the Graham Smith. Yeah. Just pick someone who's 21 to be captain because all the old guard that barely competitive in their position like any bloke who's played enough footy to lead the team is fighting for their spot and their standards aren't high enough but i don't know who the young guard len ikatel is probably the only certainty in that whole team rob valentini maybe yeah it's the only other one that lends itself yeah they're the only blokes that you're picking week in week out at the moment he hasn't had a great couple of weeks, can I just say Valentini either? Look, yeah, look a bit more closely though. Like I went back and watched that South Africa game. He's the only bloke who won his contacts in defense. Like he, yeah, sure, he's a bit upright and he kept running at two on ones, but I just think it's because our ball was so slow. Yeah, and, and I think he's tar- And in defense of him, he's targeted as well. Everyone knows that he's, he's the one ball carrier. And I was thinking that with the Wallabies, so we, we need genuine ball. That's why I think Bell and Tupo are vital. We need more ball carriers. Mate, I just still, with Valentini running it, his footwork is atrocious. It is. Go it watch, is. just go watch your Artie Sarvea in contact highlights video and then watch Rob Valentini, mate. They're both st- same skill set, same strength. He's a very strong bloke. But just go watch the pre-contact and how they uh, they control when they're on offense in the contact zone. It's just, it's light years apart. I need yeah, we're a bit harsh, mate. 24 and you're comparing him to Artie Sarvea. Yeah, it's just to say that. I'm seeing no. I'm seeing no progression, mate. They've been doing this for two years. Just gets nah. chipped, goes straight down. He's getting better. I, I'm I'm good there, but I think a, a Gleason on the bench, well, more ball carriers is what he needs. More options, so he's a bit of a surprise. At the moment, it's it's Bobby V, and you line him up. Yeah. Other positives: Will Scott played pretty well. I know he gave away a couple of dumb penalties. <laughs> Every member of that 15 team gave away some dumb penalties. I think he he won the contact point at times. Um, you Every now and then, he just goes into God mode, mate. Plays an outstanding two minutes of play, mm. yeah, and then he switches on. He's legit. Mm. Um, and then and then yeah, and then I need some more from him. Just needs to do it for a little bit longer. But when that when he's that size and putting that much effort in, it's not surprising you can't do it. But fifty five uh, fifty five minutes of, of Will Skelton is definitely worth it. He played much better this week as opposed to last week. And uh, Marky Mark obviously was the best player on on the pitch. Just. Lots of things that he did well. Mr. Um, Energy. Yeah, it was. And just light and day between um, Vunavalu and 
and obviously himself, and he just defensively and also in attack. Uh, just his positional play is just so much better than the others. So, um, yeah, he was a he was a huge positive. But just before going, and I know we're obviously tight on time, but I just wanted to ask your opinion on Jim. I sent um, obviously this to, to Blake as well. Just saw some numbers. I have to do this as part of a job. So look at Oz play. Um, the stats came out a while ago for the number of uh, kids and, and adults playing sport. And for adults, rugby's doing pretty well at the moment. Um, for males playing um, playing rugby, but it just listened to these numbers for kids, so zero to fourteen. So for Australia and for rugby union, there's eighty eighty four thousand are participating in rugby out of school. Now, so you think eighty four thousand kids zero to fourteen is pretty good, um, but then compare it to the others. Um, for example, rugby league is one hundred and thirty six thousand. Um, you've got AFL, which is 389,000, and football is in soccer is 703,000. Is this, um, does this demonstrate the fact that we are doing well with adults and the, the cream and the, the, the top? So we're looking at the, the foundations, the bottom of the pyramid, we're just not getting enough kids involved. Um, and is that one of the real reasons why as we talk about other players being stolen from other codes? Uh, but really, we just need to widen the net even further to get more kids involved. Look, we all could have guessed those stats had you told us and ranked them accordingly, I reckon. Mm. If you just told us to do it amongst us. Well, I think the, the issue there is the zero to 14. Mm. You know, zero to 14 is a lot of parents. And this is how I was raised here. We're just heaps reluctant to throw us into a contact sport in primary school. Um. Mate, I still watch those videos, mate. Some of the fucking hooliganism that gets thrown around in rugby league and amateur teams and rugby unions, no different, as I'm sure AFL is too. Like, it's proper ruthless out there. It very much so can be. But, um, look, we know that we're not getting them involved. We know the numbers are dwindling. Yeah, I know. What would you like me to say? No, I had a few thoughts, which is I reckon the adults is good because rugby's got a good culture and it doesn't have the douchebags that rugby league gets and it's not a shooting gallery. So you can play without just running as hard as you can at a brick wall. There's actually skill involved in rugby. Um, So older guys who are playing for leisure want the club, the culture, and want to leave the game not just belting each other. They just want to play old school amateur rugby, which is great. And I think that's why it's stronger in adults in rugby league because it's a it's a better sport to play if you don't want to just bash into other guys and you want to be part of a better culture. Is that what the data was? Is that what you said? Yeah, they're, they're strong in adults. But the zero to 14 is, mate, kids don't watch rugby anymore. Mm. They simply do not. Well, we all teach at public schools. So there's not a single kid in the entire school who could name three wallabies. Like this, this just simply isn't, mate. They do not watch rugby anymore. And it exists in the private schools, um, which is pretty bloody niche. And any kid that's any talent in those private schools plays rugby league on a Sunday as well. Mm. It, it is dying in the kids. Um, and it's a bunch of, of rich blokes who love rugby. Maybe not rich blokes. I'm being a bit unfair there. But blokes who love rugby in the 90s and 2000s who want their kids to play. I'll be doing it. I'll be enrolling my son and my daughter to play rugby. Um, did he just turn um, it down? But he did rugby totsy to return. <laughs> so he doesn't want to do it anymore. Um, <laughs> but um, like, could you, you could you repeat that? Didn't quite hear. But I'll get to that in a minute. But anyway, my point is like, is it cruel? 
like say, you know, my son's three now, but say, you know, he's seven, he's eight, and he every kid at his school is playing soccer because they'll play soccer. He, he wants to be with his mates. Or every kid at his school follows the Sharkies because that's what the teacher talks about. That's the the poster they got up in the classroom. That's what the kids talk about on the playground. He wants to play rugby league and, and emulate the player he sees on TV. It's borderline cruel to make him play rugby because I like it. No, but I understand the point that you're making, but you're also not doing yourself a, a, a good enough service or the role that you play in it. You will absolutely support him in what he wants to do. And if he wants to go and play rugby league, then he absolutely will. But whether you do it uh, subconsciously or not, you're walking around in a rugby union shirt. You're constantly talking about rugby. What are you doing today, Daddy? Oh, I'm doing the podcast. What's the podcast about rugby? So, yes. Sure, but what I'm saying is generationally, that's going to get less and less and less and less and less. Yes, it is. I agree with you, but I still think if you've got a rugby tragic like you are, the kid will still want to play rugby. But you're right, it will get less. Yeah, so I think that 0 to 14, they're they're, they're pretty worrying numbers. And I actually think of that 84,000, I reckon 10,000 would play rugby league as well. Oh, yeah, definitely. And probably the best 10,000. Yeah, probably. Like it's yeah, it's worrying. Like it's 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 it's, it's all a bit worrying today, boys. It mm. was a pretty grim performance by our Wallabies. Um, I do need to run, but there was another fracking game, and I loved the way New Zealand played, and they restored pride in Super Rugby Pacific, doing that Schmidt tactic of just blitzing the other team for the first twenty minutes, and I loved it. But boys, I really have to run. All right. oh, good, mate. Thanks Can I leave you two to, to, to wrap up? And if you're listening, go to the Wallabies. I'll be watching next week. We'll be recording the podcast. I'll be getting tickets to games. We still love it, right? We're just shit. <laughs> yeah, I still tune in. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, boys, I've got to run. Okay. All, right. All right, just uh, very quickly, just to finish up on that game. Yeah, great game rugby, the, uh, the All Blacks versus the, the, the Bockies. You know, other than that little uh, first little burst from the All Blacks, which was amazing, it, after about I think after about the first twenty minutes, it was very even, and even a couple of disallowed dis, uh, tries. So it wasn't as wide the gap as what uh, what the score suggests, but um, just the All Blacks showed that they are just clinical and amazing. It's an eighty-minute team, man, and they're going to get you from everywhere on the field. You just need to be on. You need to be ready. You need to have an excellent mindset and resilience to the bone. Mm. And just um, amazing what difference. And look, they played well against the Argentinians last week, but just with the return of those Crusaders, uh, you know, Will Jordan, Richie Mwanga, you know, Atal, just were just amazing, just awesome. Um, and just showed what world beaters they are and what a difference those key positions play. So uh, I don't think <laughs> too much to worry about for South Africa because I think it's a, they're, they're, their first choice 15 is probably a hybrid of the team that obviously the Wallabies lost to and the team that won yesterday. Mm. Uh, so a few players have probably come in, but um, it's exciting. Yeah, it's not too concerning for them, even though it looks like a spanking, but they'll still back themselves on a neutral playing field. Oh, definitely. Which which comes into it a lot here, mate. The, their record in New Zealand, New Zealand is just, I mean, it's that way for a reason. It's a third leg. It's a second, second head. Yeah, and it, it means something. Yeah, it, it absolutely does. And look, even if they didn't play Eden Park because of the Football World Cup that's playing, um, it's still, you know, to to be in a, at Mount Smart Stadium, you're absolutely right. It means something extra special. So uh, 
if if they do face each other in France, it will be a titan battle. Um, it's one that we all look forward to. It's just a shame it's on at five o'clock. That's all. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, that's right. Projecting forward to, to obviously next week, we kind of have already. But what do you think the damage or not next week? Two weeks, should I say? Sorry. What will be the damage for Australia and New Zealand? I'm assuming you're going for a Kiwi win, but by how many? Why would I be going for a Kiwi win? No, because you think they're New Zealand are going to beat Australia. So how many do you reckon they'll beat them by? They definitely, definitely will beat us. Um, oh, about 20. 20? Yeah, just a gentleman's 20. The issue with us is is if the scoreline looks like that, it's so easy to write the article of just Wallabies spanked around again. Mm. But, um, you know, obviously we're looking at the particulars now. Are we actually making improvements or getting better? And New Zealand will just score in the last second of the first half, last second of the game, blow the score out and not really give us a fair assessment of if we've improved over this two-week period. That's our challenge as viewers, as fans of the Wallabies, to, to sort of see the progress, if there is progress at all, in these next two games. Because well, don't expect to win. That's the thing, yeah. And then how you measure progress, whether it's, it can't just be on the scoreline, it's got to be the statistics in terms of how much ball, territory, all that kind of stuff you've got. But you've got two games coming up against the world's best, um, maybe not number one ranked, but right up there and potentially are on their day. Um, and you're right. How are we measuring progress? I think territory, possession. Just That's right. Yeah. All those kind of metrics rather than the scoreline. And Because um, I think, unfortunately... And New Zealand will win, uh, but Australia will improve because obviously they'll have an extra, they'll have two weeks together, uh, but not to the level that probably um, you will hope that they do. So, yeah, a, a Kiwi win, and I think the Bockies will beat Argentina in um, in South Africa as well. So, um, it's just a shame this tournament is, um, for obvious reasons, is really short this year because it would have been nice to have seen, seen a few more contests. That's right. Yeah, that is what it is. Yeah. It's been a bit depressing this week, but um, hopefully next week you'll be up and about uh, with a uh, uh, with a wallaby victory. Come off it, mate. Don't say that shit. All right. Okay. I hope you lose. <laughs> I'll catch you. All right. <laughs> Thanks for joining. Bye. No worries.